0: If you sign up for an Amazon Prime 30-day trial or an Amazon Prime Instant Video 30-day trial, we will get £5 and £2, respectively, if you use the link on the South London Hardcore website. So there's no catches involved. You just need to sign up and make sure you cancel the Prime account before you start getting charged. Or if you like it, keep it, by all means. But there's no catch, you know, we'll get £5 or £2 depending on which one you go with. Not only do we get money, but that means that you get, for a month, you get to watch loads and loads of free films and TV shows and get free postage, next day delivery, on all your Amazon stuff. So, I mean, I would recommend doing this anyway, even if you were not going to use that link. Use that link. So go to com and click the Amazon link to do so. Welcome to South London Hardcore. I'm Jack McIlroy. This is Steve Walsh, my co-host. Hello. This week we're talking about South Norwood. We spoke to one of the members of the South Norwood Tourist Board, and that's coming up later in the show.
1: I live just up the road from South Norwood, and I was still shocked by the amount of stuff I discovered about this place. You know, it's a bit embarrassing for me as someone who lives in the area. Has a general interest in local history. You're a local, local historian, aren't you? Yeah, but also, not only have a general interest in me, but also have a focused reason for knowing about my surroundings. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It it can only help the show if I'm learning about places five minutes up the road. But uh, embarrassingly, it was only when I sat down to to look. But that's one of the joys of doing the show, isn't it? You know, you think you know an area. Uh, Well, it's too late for that. You know, now it's just all about getting beyond the embarrassment, trying to, you know, craft something out of that. that Trying not to embarrass yourself further. Yeah. So far, failed. You knew where we got the name Norwood from there, didn't you? I did. You know, give me that. And I think I I talked about my um, confusion over the name Norwood before on the show. Because it is something that I'm very firmly on the record about. My thing about Norwood is the name comes from the Great Northwood. Mm. But it's on the very, 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 very southern tip of London. So why is it the Great Northwood? What's it north of? See my point? Brighton. Yeah, but like, surely if you're that close to a yeah, major yeah. city, then the city defines the position of the things around it. So yeah, it's the right, Great right, Southwood, because right, right. it's to the south of London. Or even the, it's
0: in the south of the country, isn't it? Yeah. I and mean, it's not north of much, As No, it?
1: this is it. It's very odd. So, uh, again, as a, an embarrassed and ashamed local historian and uh, regional podcaster, <laughs> I'm putting a, an appeal. Out. Let's, <laughs> let's, make, let's make use of, uh, of my, my shame and embarrassment. If anyone can, can like work the idea out. of
0: a regional podcast, like, it's not available...
1: Any further than the Thames or Great Norfolk. <laughs> also, uh, let's call it what it's, hyper-regional, isn't it? Generally, South Norwood is a place I travel through rather than to. It's where you go through to get to Croydon, where I go to the library and get my hair cut. You know, there's a million, a million stories I could share with you. But <laughs> I won't. Uh, that's uh, for, another, <laughs> for another day. It's for another day. Episode 158, Haircuts. When we finally just throw in the towel, isn't it? But... Um, I do go to one place in South Norwood pretty regularly, less so now than, than previously. But South Norwood Country Park contains a pitch and putt golf course, which is uh, brilliant. Just about my range. If I go full yeah. pelt, I can get a golf ball about 70 yards.
0: Yeah, my range is crazy golf, to be honest.
1: It's, that's the best one, isn't it? Golf, for me, as, as a thing to play, is better the closer the hole is, like you know, just well actually, that's for everyone. Tiger Woods probably agrees. <laughs> but you know, if I can see from the from the tee where I'm going for, that's perfect. And I'm, if I could just scuttle it along the floor for a windmill, even
0: better. Where do you stand on golf as a spectator sport on television?
1: I'm a fan. You, we had this a uh, little chat about this yeah. the other day, didn't we? Where yeah, I
0: thought the, the ball was too small. Yeah, for television. But generally on golf, playing, watching, I think I prefer golf as a concept rather than an actual. Have you ever played? Uh, I I went to the driving range with my brother-in-law Darren. Yeah. Um, Because we were going to go for his birthday, I'll We went to this driving range in Sid Cop, and I bought a special glove. Can't really fit it on my big hand, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, that was recently. And then when I was a kid, there was a couple of pitch and pups, but no, very, very little golf played.
1: But they've got a very nice pitch and park Well. Hopefully, it's been recently redeveloped. I haven't visited since then, but uh, from what I've seen through the fence, as they were mowing the lawns when me and my friends turned up to play, not realising that it was being redeveloped, um, it looked great. It's a course that generally fluctuates in terms of you know you have to have got there at a time when they have taken care of it. There, it seems to be previously there were months at a time where it would just get neglected, and like you turn up and like there's no flag on the seventh, right. so like there's, there's a stick sticking out of the hole.
0: Can't tell the difference between the rough and the green.
1: This is it, you know. Should I putt from here? Probably, because anything... Or or is this a bunker? (laughs) But yeah, I'd I'd go there um, pretty often. And I've been down to the the country park um, a couple of times, you know, for the show. And what's the reason I went there for? Walking with someone, I can't remember. But it's a nice little spot.
0: Yeah, it was lovely, wasn't it? We went there recently for the Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes episode. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it is... I'd say it's lovely. I mean, it is massively overgrown. And that's meant to be, but... I don't know, maybe It didn't seem like it was a great deal of open space to me.
1: It wouldn't be great for you to have because obviously... Once oh, she the gets pram into was l- going all over the place. Yeah, and, like, she gets into long grass, you're never going to find her again. And it's a similar thing to what we talked about last week with... Um, Shooter's Hill and Oxy's Woods. It's just a magnet for dogs, isn't it? Like people are just sort of like... Yeah, big I'll take a dog country, and yeah. just let it off the lead and let it run around like a maniac. And a dog sees the world and obviously just cuts loose, is not it? Comes more wolf-like than ever. Yeah, right. You give me the chills, Steve. <laughs> I've never visited the other lakes of Norwood, but I read about some people who did that fascinated me. The Norwood Invaders. Right. Have you ever heard of uh, this mob? No, what year are we talking? We're talking sort of 20s and 30s. If I say it's 20s and 30s and it's a subject that we've touched upon on the show before and there are a group called the Norwood Invaders, do they give you any sort of...
0: I'm thinking Music Hall or, or the
1: Wharf Jumpers. Close on both those things. <laughs> Speedway.
0: Oh, right. They're okay. a Speedway
1: team that apparently used to train down at the lakes. So they just like go down there and just do loads of circuits of lakes. But more importantly, that's a nice image. But Norwood Invaders, what a great name for a Speedway mm. team. You can just imagine the, the, the badge and the regalia. You know, it'd be lovely. I could Google it, I suppose. Yeah, you I'll could. Really, I, mean, I really yeah. want to know it this is. This is the problem with Google, isn't it? All the, the dreaming's gone. <laughs> Why can't I dream of Speedway Insignia anymore? And um, Heavers Meadow, um, another lovely spot of uh, natural beauty that I've never visited. You know, with a country park, with a golf course attached... Oh go down, there's a reason for me yeah, to go there. Go to a meadow, Steve, oh, yeah. I'm not going to a lake or a meadow just to go to a lake or a meadow. I'm so, you know, it sounds really barbaric, doesn't it? But it doesn't actually, it sounds very civilised. Barbaric would be people who are embracing <laughs> lakes and meadows. But that you know, I uh I you know, I can appreciate nature I'm at in it, but you know, I'm a, I'm a, an urban creature mm-hmm, Norbury guy. Brook, uh in Hevers Meadow, sounds nice, it sounds idyllic. I think it's a brook that leads from oh, it's God. it's in, it's it's okay, it's okay. A place in uh, Norwood I haven't visited, we got close, I don't think I've ever actually been down there, is the subway under the train station.
0: Yeah, notable, is it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Very significant.
0: I've been in there to go from one platform to another.
1: See, I used get the uh, elevated stairwell. Mistake, yeah. it, Error. So what was... I've done is, is failed to go under the world's first reinforced concrete subway. Many of the other significant places in South Norwood are uh, associated with William Stanley. You have Stanley Tech School, Stanley Halls, and he had a few houses that he built around the area. He was a very respected uh, engineer. Who The clock tower as well. Oh, yeah. Built for his wedding anniversary. It's not bad, is it? It's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Better than like, book vouchers or something, Got you a clock tower. I know, and a, I suppose... Uh, the,
0: if anyone's listening, I'll take the book vouchers. <laughs> if anyone's listening... <laughs> if anyone's listening. <laughs> If, listen, if Lakeisha's listening please
1: if listening and she's not <laughs> but that's quite interesting as well isn't it like so two weeks in a row we've, we're talking about structures built uh, as marks of affection and love between a married couple isn't that nice this is what South Seven London is castle yes yeah. yeah so yeah he's you know arguably the, the, the person with the strongest links to South Norwood um, and described by people as South Norwood's Uh, favourite son most famous son but he's not a son of South Norwood what born in Islington moved to South Norwood and did a lot and it's the the positive philanthropy that we've talked about on previous shows where he's gone to a place and helped a place yeah right but he's not from South Norwood so and you know if we're going to divide people into who were born in South Norwood but you know we're, we're always happy to embrace people who make their home on the, the south of the river but I think it's an not important always. distinction to make not, always, not always That's true.
0: that's true some of them like, you
1: know <laughs> about you came Andy from. Coulson he's, oh, of course Andy Coulson well I don't know unless he's in Brixton Prison I know. did he get convicted did yeah you? he's very guilty of those crimes I'm sure he is but he's going, he went to prison yeah, yeah he, got, he got a jail term very short jail term yeah right but, you know,
0: too stretch
1: this this is the thing it's, uh, it, the thing is though no matter what sentence he got I'd have gone that's too short of jail term mm-hmm. right, right, right. two consecutive life sentences too short <laughs> <straight>. <laughs> make it three we, we can't be too sure with Andy Coulson so yeah William Stanley um, a significant figure in South Norwood but not born in South Norwood People born in South Norwood include Julian McLaren-Ross, a famous diarist, who... I've never read any stuff, but I don't know, does the name ring a bell? Do you remember the books from the biography section? No,
0: I don't. I think I briefly ran a biography section at Waterstones Oxford Street. Right. Disrepair, it fell into. (laughs) Um, No, I've seen his name come up in the course of my research, but more on that later when we get to the South
1: North Toys Board. I've not read any stuff but I imagine he'd be described as a wit and a raconteur. He looks sort of sort of dandyish and a bit sharp. Barney Austin, on the other hand, don't know who that is. A tennis player. Born in South Norwood. Didn't win Wimbledon, but and this is pretty big, he's the first player to wear shorts at Wimbledon. Wow. Yeah. What year is that? It was twenties, don't know exactly what year, but yeah. That's not a bad, you know, market. The thing is, if you're not going to win a sporting tournament, redefine the look of a sporting tournament. Do you know what I mean that's the next best yeah, right. thing you can do in it? Arguably, it's even better in a way, isn't it? Yeah, because like lots was, of people have won Wimbledon, but only one person was the first person to win. I was talking there. to my
0: sister today, and um, she had been in vans, the van shop where I used to work. You know, skateboards. not and stuff. the vehicles. <laughs> She'd been in the van a van, <laughs> and. Um, she was talking to someone and, uh, like, they didn't know who I was. You know, I worked there for, for a month, three years ago. And uh, she asked me if I knew anyone who works there still. I said, I, I, I think there might be one person left, but they did have to change the uh, rules about uniform after I left. So <laughs> everyone, everyone, I was only there for a month, but everyone working there felt the force of my impact.
1: <laughs> so you were the Bunny Austin of uh, Van's Very Garden Garden? So. Should I say the Shorts. name of the place? Shouldn't say the name of the place. Of what, what did you say? I said Van's Covent Garden.
0: Oh, it was Van's Carnaby Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. Now, basically... Like, it is, I went there, as well. i got a load of... You get a load of uniform because you have to wear Van's clothes when you're there, which is great because I mostly wear those anyway. And uh, after a month, I left. And they're like, oh, you'll have to pay for the uniform. And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't mention that when you gave it to me. And it was a big hoo-ha, man. And in the end, they said, we'll take it all back. Pair of shoes I've been wearing for a month, so they took them back to throw in the bin. Yeah, and uh, but so, I mean,
1: but even if they were like box fresh, how are they getting rid of those size thirteen bands? Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. So I took, uh, I kept hold of the sweatshirt. Didn't notice that. Still got it. One nil.
1: Yeah, right. But the bunny whaler of us uh... <laughs> oh, <funny, honestly. laughs> <laughs> A more familiar sporting name, Harry Carpenter. Oh no, what I mean, Harry. Yeah. Completing our Bruno Carpenter axis, we we own that entire phrase now as a, as a, a semi city Isn't that exciting? I had no idea. Was well, well, he a
0: promoter? Yeah,
1: he was a commentator. All right. So he'd commentate, but would also do uh, post fight interviews with an exhausted Frank Bruno, who would punctuate the conversations with you know what I mean, Harry, where he's sort of like, I hit him, then he tried to hit me. You know what I mean, Harry? Because he's knackered. I mean, yeah, yeah. Another person born in South Norwood who again redefined their workspace Stella Remington I know the name
0: I can't you do know the is name.
1: she was the first female head of MI5 or MI6 or maybe um, both I don't know I feel like I don't know who she is but knows. she was by, uh, the, the head of uh, the British Espionage Network I mean I know what MI5 is but yeah or 6 she, she wrote a book she wrote a book Right? Yeah. Come Tell me something about her, Steve. Would have been in the biography section in a, a bookshop. What, what, I what I did, what what did you biography. have? I've had some temporary <laughs> shelving there.
0: I've, I've focused on the film section. Tell me more about her, Steve. I hope you've got more on the job title. What happened under the But no, range? it's not
1: so much... Well, this is the thing. The job title is massively significant because if you think of... M, is that a job title? Dame Judi Dench. Yeah, essentially, danger Dugents would be, yeah, the model, for, or, you know, serenity model for that. But yeah, a, a woman uh, rising to that rank is uh, significant, I think.
0: Yeah, very much so.
1: What happened while she was there? When was it? Um, it was, well... Uh, Did anyone lose a laptop or anything? <laughs> I'm sure there were uh, various uh, shenanigans, isn't it, folks? The thing is, hard to find out, and they're not going to let you know. Um, mm. But obviously, based as well in South London. In, in that yeah. Yeah, bizarre-looking
0: building. With that intro, Steve, about a Norwood resident or South Norwood, we're not covering our West Norwood today, are we?
1: Well, we're not even looking at Upper Norwood. No, it's another world.
0: I thought you were going to go into Peter Grant, the Led Zeppelin manager, who was a huge figure, literally and figuratively, <laughs> no, in the music industry. You know, he was the manager of Led Zeppelin. And The Man Who Led Zeppelin is a title of one of his biographies. And, you know, he's legendary for sort of smashing up pirate recording equipment and sort of tearing up bootleg posters and everything. But he got, you know, before that, you know, the familiar story that comes up in all these things, you know, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Jimmy Hendrix, all, all of them. They all at some point get ripped off and like lose a load of money, you know and then you get to Led Zeppelin and like Peter Grant just gets Led Zeppelin sort of the best deal going and suddenly like they were pulling in huge percentages of uh of the door at uh, concerts they see i think they made more money than anyone in con- in concert you know generally he seemed to sort of get the money into their hands and know, when i was younger i thought it was quite amusing that he's kind of hitting Hitting people, selling T-shirts. <laughs> when you get older, you're like, yeah. you probably weren't that nice of a guy. And, you know, in The yeah, Song Remains yeah. the Same, the uh, Led Zeppelin film, there's a bit where he's like, swearing at the promoter and stuff about not getting the best deal. But, I don't know, there's something about getting the artists actually making the money, even though it, they are obscenely rich.
1: It's well, preferable, isn't it? To... Was also massively supportive of them creatively as well. The decision to drop singles and go for albums. Yeah, his credit is with that, isn't it? Well he? i don't know if it was or maybe the, just his, his innovation them, but yeah. massive you know, uh, it would be you'd need your manager to be on site to present that to a record company and go, Yeah, we're not gonna do you're not gonna do singles. That's yeah. sort of how we sell records. Well, we're gonna sell rec-. and again it's redefining an industry and a, I mean, and a maybe, way of doing things. Maybe
0: people it? don't even know that. I mean if you go to the six, say the sixties, they're like say like all those people are named, Dylan, you know, the Beatles. I didn't name Dylan Did that but you know, Dylan <laughs> the Beatles, whoever um, would have singles that are not on any of their albums. I mean, that kind of, by the end of the 60s, that, that trend, like, thankfully, dies out, really. I the single that.
1: becomes the lead song from the album.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then Led Zeppelin, who, you know, started in 1969, like, they didn't release a single in Britain. You know, a whole lot of love, never a single. It's incredible. Stairway. Um, and, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realise prior to that that he was involved. You, Steve, probably fascinated by his career as a wrestler. Six foot 5 would wasn't he? i say career. I mean, he had a couple of bouts, did he? (laughs) Yeah.
1: uh, And again, he was working more in a a promotional sense, but I think was was happy to sort of like jump in the ring and throw a couple of kids uh, out onto the floor.
0: And he was in The Guns and Nather Own, as well as a couple of other things, as an extra.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah.
0: Well, not even an extra, like as a small role.
1: Yeah. It, It does feel like in the sort of 60s and 70s, if you were a bit stocky, you'd get classified at some point as a stuntman. Right. And it wasn't that you had any sort of training or skill. they just sort of go, he looks like he could take a bump. Yeah. You could probably throw Peter Grant out of that cart and he'll just walk away afterwards. So they would. Not
0: wrong. As well.
1: Not yeah. Wrong. So they are the sons and daughters of South Norwood in a very real sense. But some significant residents as well. Arthur Conan Doyle, who we talked about at length as a, a resident of South Norwood. Raymond Chamber lived in South mm-hmm. Norwood for a while while attending nearby Dulwich College. Yeah, we'll get into him heavily at some stage, won't we? Aldo Deng lived in South Norwood and obviously while he was there his son Lardeng was living in the house while playing for the Brixton Topcats is, is Aldo Deng significant? He's, he's a I think he's some sort of politician diplomat I mean you know it depends what your focus is on my focus is on the guy playing in the NBA Yeah
0: right 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 He just made
1: a significant move as well uh, just joined the Miami Heat in what looks right. to be a move to replace LeBron James who's <laughs> just come back to the Cleveland Cavaliers Wow. So, if people have no uh, NBA context, essentially for a little while there, the Miami Heat were the best team in basketball. They sort of won back-to-back championships with LeBron James at the helm, surrounded by yeah. some very talented players as well. He's just gone back to Cleveland Cavaliers, and Miami have just re, uh, just signed Lao Deng uh, as a forward for the coming season. You've got a feeling that they're a team in decline, and that's nothing against Lao but like LeBron James is arguably the best player in the world right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, there's only, I mean, uh, since Michael Jordan, there's only sort of one other player that could rival him in terms of fame.
1: Certainly, I, mean, I won't watch basketball, obviously. So I don't know <laughs> who he is. Robert Calvert, who was a name I wasn't particularly familiar with, and then I read that he was in, he lived uh, in South Norwood and was in Hawkwind for a while. All right. And when I read that, I was like, oh, Hawkwind, they are the precursor to Motorhead, and that's where Lemmy comes from. So I had a vision of them as some sort of... Um, Black you know, country. Just, yeah, a metal band. Right. But then you read about Hawkwind, and particularly Calvert's contribution, and he sort of turned them into this space opera sci-fi tinged spoken word performance band.
0: Yeah, well, if you see some of their record covers, Steve, yeah. I, I believe that. Yeah,
1: really sort of proggish, and actually sounds quite interesting. Like would do these sort of mad multimedia hybrid performances.
0: Yeah, I was in Ramsgate once, and uh, this guy in the record shop was saying he couldn't decide whether to go and see Hawkwind in Ramsgate or Fatboy Slim was playing on the beach in Brighton. It's <laughs> all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Complimentary. Go and see both of you, Ken. And musically as well, um, The Mad Professor... Living in South Norwood right now. Yeah, recording isn't it. Yeah, yeah, recording with the likes of like you know Lee Scratch Perry. Yeah, I've got one of his
0: records. Well, it's the Bandits, who are not a good band, but he remixed their uh, their cover of Guns of Brixton. I think it was him.
1: But again, the most famous resident of South Norwood, arguably
0: um, Captain Sensible. <laughs> Um, well, the, you, are you talking about the fourth most famous dog in history, Steve?
1: <laughs> I don't know, am I? Lassie. Can I name the other three? Lassie. Yeah. Uh, other famous dogs. Rin Tin Tin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really? I can't
0: remember who the other one was. It was called something like Nipper or Kipper oh, or something.
1: Oh, Nipper, the HMV dog.
0: Is that who it was? Yeah.
1: That would be it. I don't know. You see, for me, well, I don't know. It depends globally, innit? not Cujo,
0: isn't it? globally
1: well we've got a subsection for, for fictional dogs mm-hmm. so you need to um, surely the dog that we're talking about nah Lassie, isn't it? big isn't it, isn't it? <laughs> is Lassie
0: a real dog then I mean obviously hold <laughs> on oh, no, I'm, I'm not suggesting it's anima- oh, hold on, hold animatronic on. or anything <laughs> what I mean is the dog's not called Lassie in real life is it so don't count I
1: don't know
0: and Rin Tin Tin as if they cast someone, cast well, oh, someone. <laughs> Can you do it? That sounds great. Can you do it on all fours? Why? <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll see. You'll see. Uh, pickles. pickles, Pickles, the dog. the dog, black and white collie, who in 1966 retrieved the Jules Rimet Trophy, the World Cup.
1: Yep, from a a lake. Well, just to the side of uh, one of the lakes in South Norwood. I've got Pickles down as a resident. Of South Norwood. But yeah. I think you had him classified as born in. I mean, we'll <laughs> never know, will we? <laughs> ah, I don't, I assume so. I mean, why? If we we, don't, is, know. It's we de- don't know. It's decades before the pet passport, isn't it? You know, the needs is that for a these. Real thing? That's a real thing now, yeah. Pet passport. Yeah. If you want to take your uh, dog overseas and not have him quarantined when you get back. Right, do they get, like, paw prints in it? Well, that... <laughs> you say I've never seen one. But I imagine, yeah, paw prints, place of birth.
0: Norwood. <laughs> pickles, Norwood. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: The Pickles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is
0: uh, a fascinating little story, isn't it? Oh, that yeah. Brilliant. Four months prior to the World Cup in England in 1966... The World Cup goes missing.
1: at some kind of stamp
0: collecting fair. Stolen, isn't it? It's
1: put on display. I think it's on Piccadilly. Um, yeah, Westminster. Sorry, Westminster Hall. Yeah, Yeah, Westminster Central Hall, yeah. Um, yeah, it's put on display um, in a case that isn't locked at the back. <laughs> so you do, it's not, you know, you think of like Mission Impossible suspended from wires with a little laser to cut through the glass. Yeah, right. No, no, just go in, open the back of it and take the World Cup out and just walk off of it. That's what happened. They kept the stamps. They they didn't take those. They no, just apparently like... the
0: stamps were worth much more.
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently
0: it's like uh, three million pounds worth of stamps, <laughs> and they ended up nicking the World Cup. Who's um, posting that much? No, like, right. i uh, uh, making a 15 grand demand. Um, right. You know, for
1: imagine if you got you came into the you know the they, they put the lid of the cup in the letter
0: in the demand <laughs> letter. It was like I want 15 grand. Is the lid of the cup to prove that we've got it? Right. And, of course, Pickles found it. The owner got a six grand reward, which in today's money apparently is like 169 grand. It's all right. It's not bad, is it? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, then, then four months later, England won the World Cup, you know. Otherwise, it would have been Bobby Moore on everyone's shoulders holding, like, I don't know, a replica.
1: Well, they had a replica made.
0: Yeah, well, this is the thing. That, I mean, the original George Ramey trophy is now gone forever, isn't it? I mean, yes. Yeah. Given to Brazil in 1970 because they'd won it uh, three times, and it was stolen and well, I mean, presumed melted down. No one's seen it for 30 years or whatever, 20 years,
1: no longer than that, and it's 30, 40 years. So, and by I think by 1970, Pickles had gone. You know, case of like the Brazilian FA sort of going, can you send over (laughs) Pickles, the incredible trophy finding dog?
0: Well, the thing is, Pickles' story after, after the World Cup is, is incredible, really. Just drugs, isn't it? it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, Pickles, he only lives another year.
1: Yeah. But, so in
0: 1967... Larry dies? Yeah, he was chasing a cat and he got uh, strangled by his own
1: collar. Yeah. Um, there's, there was a wonderful bit uh, on Blue Peter at the time where they were talking about Pickles... And the presenters are talking amongst themselves about Pickles' fate. And they tell the story of him uh, chasing a cat and choking on his own collar. And one of the presenters, I forget which one, I don't want to libel someone. Richard Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one, one of them, just sort of quite sort of casually, sort of almost as an aside, the as they're walking over to the couch, goes, as uh, we get for chasing cats. Right. Kids programme, and he's just like that dismissive. And they they got dogs on there.
0: They're meant to be dog lovers, isn't they? Yeah. But before he died, you know, he got a, a shot of fame, and he didn't let go, did he? No. He uh, grabbed it with...
1: <laughs> <laughs> say it, say it.
0: Uh, he really, he, he, uh, he didn't let the opportunity go, Steve, he, he took it. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> yeah, he starred in a film called The Spy with the Cold Nose. You know that, yeah? Yeah. 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 Um, which is, a, what are they called? The writers, Simpson and Gar... Simpson and Corton. Yeah, right, yeah, they yeah. wrote it. And it's got... Um, I forget who's in it. But he plays a um, spy. Woman. oh. <laughs> <laughs> With, like... They've put, like, recording equipment in his collar and they give him to the Russians and then to the Americans and stuff. So I was quite pleased to read that, man.
1: The thing is, though, just the one film. And you have to feel it's a missed opportunity because if we'd put the crew of Pickles into the hands of Peter Grant. It's like United South Norwoods. And Peter <laughs> well, Grant's just there, just smashing up a film studio, insisting that his dog's given a 5 picture deal. thing dinner. is,
0: Steve, he died a year later. Who knows? He might have had things lined up. Do you know what I mean? He could have been in, like, I don't know, Planet the Apes or something. <laughs> As a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Pickles. <laughs> Steve, there was one place that I wanted to talk about I forgot to mention. Can I mention it now? Yeah. Well, you'll have to mention it for me because I don't know. Some pub. Yeah? 1998. Take me back to 1998, Steve. The uh, autumn of 1998, or summer even. It's
1: a balmy evening where... uh, (laughs) As I mentioned earlier, me and my friends would play pitch and putt down at South North Country Park. And traditionally afterwards, we'd go up to South North High Street and... Well actually Portland Road, just a little further down from top of our Street, um, and have a drink in a pub called The Pleasant Pheasant, uh, which is a very, uh, you know nice little standard boozer. But we, we stopped going in the summer of '98. There was a, an incident, that I'm sure people remember, where Diego Simeone fouls David Beckham, David Beckham falls to the floor. And while he's on the floor, flicks out of Diego Simeone, who theatrically falls to the floor, holding his leg. Beckham receives a red card. World Cup shame. ignominy. You know, there's mm-hmm. no bouncing back for this. No. From, uh,
0: yeah, England went out. Yeah. 2-2 Argentina. England go out on penalties. And the next day, what was the headline? Ten Brave Lions. One silly boy or something.
1: Bit, I mean... Beckham scapegoated, isn't he? Yeah.
0: Well, the thing is, Paul Merson came on in that game, so it should not be like 11 Brave Lions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a bit messing, isn't it? yeah. So, as you say, newspaper headlines, uh, a nation scandalised and incensed. And the image that, for a lot of people, summed up the feelings of, of the populace and the, the situation was an effigy of David Beckham hanging from a pub sign. And that pub sign was the Pleasant Pheasant in Portland Road.
0: Yeah, when you said that, I was quite, uh, quite impressed. Shocked. But shocked, yeah, because I
1: remember it well. Yeah, yeah. it the was f- an iconic image. be heard around the
0: world. It,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, me and my friends, uh, because, you know, we're clever and we enjoy wordplay, uh, dubbed the pub The Unpleasant Pheasant. <laughs> uh, that's right. The so we
0: turned pheasant We turned it around, <laughs> based on their
1: behaviours. <laughs> Not there anymore. It's a pub called The, the Gold Coast. They took it yeah, that, 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 three weeks ago. The Gold Coast. The, the Gold Coast. Yeah, changed now. The Gold Coast. No effigies. You know, no. better.
0: Well, David Beckham was uh, more than forgiven money. Yeah. Two years, well, not even two years, I guess, 18 months later,
1: it was like one of those scores, situations... Scores, that
0: free kick against Greece in yeah. the last second after just sort of dragging England through the game to qualify for Euro 2000, or about—is it four years later to qualify for the World Cup 2002,
1: whatever it was? It was one of those situations where Captain. the next day people's response was, well, he'll never play in England again. He'll have to move to yeah, another it really country. Was, it, it really was. was. Like, was he that? won't be able to take a corner without people just like... Aah. Similar situation with um, Ronaldo with yeah. Rooney at the World Cup with the when wink. He, he winked at someone. Yeah. So and and the, again the papers they say were well, like, well that's it, he's leaving Man United because how can they ever play again together? And they mm. did, didn't they? I think they were quite think, successful. Yeah, I think he did play for Man United again actually. <laughs> <laughs> with, with in the same lineup as Wayne Rooney, they somehow managed to get beyond that moment. It's almost like playing for England doesn't bother that way, Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they went and won the European Cup together, didn't they? They Two did. Later, yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. So maybe, you know... And, you know, uh, we, could, we can even look as, as recently as the summer where Luis Suarez, bit a man on the shoulder, and, you know, within a couple of weeks, managed to engineer a 75 million pound move to Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's almost like uh, these terrible behaviours are forgiven of anyone who is, uh, you know, a capable footballer. We became aware of the South North Taurus board while doing research for uh, our Arthur Conan Doyle episode.
0: Yeah, they renamed the lake in South Norwood Country Park, Lake Conan Doyle, much to the... uh, Displeasure of... The Conservative Council, which is uh, good, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so we'd never heard of them, discovered they were doing this thing that sounded quite amusing, but then also discovered they were agitating Conservatives at the same time, so suddenly we were like, this sounds great, what else are they doing that could potentially be annoying Conservatives?
0: Well... On the 11th of September, they've got a referendum, haven't they? There's a vote. Yeah. Three options. South Norwood. A, independence. B, remain with Croydon or C, join Scotland. So, I'm voting A. So, I don't think you get to
1: vote these days. Do you live close enough? I don't think I do, but... Spiritually. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best way to vote sometimes. And Saturday just
0: gone... They opened the Sensible Garden uh, and the Sensible Seat, which is a bench in the Sensible Garden. It's a little triangle of land that was previously uh, going to waste, and
1: Captain Sensible from the Damned came along to open it. He'd gone to school nearby and apparently has vivid memories of sitting on that bench eating chips at lunchtime and possibly at other times when he should have been in his class.
0: Yeah, now he's got his name carved into the seat.
1: It's a brilliant little reclamation project, though, isn't it? I mean, as you Mm. say, it wasn't just that nothing was going on on the land. (coughs) It was actively being used for people to dump waste and just make a mess of it. And it's it's right behind um, a bus stop. So it is a place, it's almost like the, the gateway into South Norwood. And now, you know, welcome to South Norwood, we've planted some things, we've built some Mm. things, we've cleared the whole place up. Yeah, when we went along to meet uh, the South Norwood Tourist Board,
0: there there was work going on, wasn't there? You know, your man from the uh, Crystal Palace transition town. Yeah, it's a great project. And, you know, as well as having kind of humorous and like sort of even fanciful ideas, there's some kind of real practical people getting their hands dirty and improving the local area.
1: You can find out more about the South Norwood Tourist Board at southnorwoodtouristboard.com We're in the ship pub on South Norwood High Street and we're joined by Paul from the South Norwood Tourist Board.
2: I started out um, doing some uh, historical walks and picking up on the the history and the geography of South Norwood and sort of uh, just identifying different things of interest. Um, Wandering around the country park, which of course, you know, a few years back was a sewage works, you know but we're very grateful, you know, it's a country park there, you know, and we love it, you know, and it's, it's a lovely place. Um, so, and that country park obviously has been the, um, the, uh, the scene for the, um, the lake naming, which we had uh, in the spring.
1: That was what sort of put you onto our radar, I think. We were doing an episode about Conan Doyle in South London and stumbled across your website. And initially, was like you know very intrigued and pleased by the, the whole naming ceremony and the, the story behind it and the way it, it panned out. But then you sort of look back and see the other projects, and uh, it's a tremendous amount of work. I mean, the naming uh, ceremony itself was, I guess you call it an embattled.
2: Im- it was um, interesting because you know we were talking about this, like naming. We've been talking to the council about it for quite a long time. We want it to be officially named i mean you look at other parts of the country if they've got say for example the lake district um they've got associations with all sorts of authors some of which are quite tenuous but they make the best of them you know we've got a strong association with conan doyle and what do we do about it nothing his house has been wrecked basically it's got blue plaque on the wall but the the insides of it's been turned into into flats, and it will never be sort of restored or anything like that you know, that's a shame, but it's not the end of the world. But, you know, it's, it's nice to actually see the place where he wrote so his stories. Um, but, you know, the ties to the place, you know, we're a fairly short ride from uh, from Baker Street. You know, you could come down. You could, <laughs> you know, you could have a, a, a twin sort of sight, sighted uh, thing. If the council wanted to do something about it, they could. And um, Part of the point we were making was that you're not making anything of it. You don't make anything of quite a lot of things, good things that happen around here, you know, and that's, that's a mistake. And if you did make something of it, you'd bring raw trade into the area, you'd boost the economy, you'd do all sorts of things. So it's, yeah, it's a bit of fun, but there's a, there's a, there's a serious side to it as well. And, um, you know, so we decided that we were going to name the lake and we were talking to the council about naming it officially. Yeah. But, uh, it is apparently a very slow process and obviously you've got to tell the map people and you've got to go through various things and it's been dragging on Sunday or so. And we didn't want the momentum to die. So we said, right, we're going we're gonna to have a name in ceremony. And, um, you know, they've been kept in the loop all the way through. Um, but it suddenly landed on the desk of um, their sort of, uh, public safety czar, who hadn't come across it before and um, was concerned. I'm um, not quite sure what he was concerned about. Cause, uh, and say, as we pointed out, you know, we like, Morris dancers as a poet, and we were naming a lake after a famous author. You know, what could be more English than that? You know, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> what are we doing? You know, what's, what's the problem? But uh, if you want us to assess the risks, we've, we can't do zero. <laughs> <laughs> we end, we ended up doing a risk assessment. We got public liability insurance and all that sort of business because you have to. Once once people start messing around like that, you know and uh, you know frankly you're writing a risk assessment for an event which says people assemble at the car park they walk along the path (laughs) it might be a bit muddy (laughs) you know it was in some ways it was pointless but you know that's, that's what we were doing and that's the nature of things now anyway you know everyone's always obsessed by risk they don't people don't seem any safer but everyone's obsessed by it as long as you've <laughs> written down what the risks were previous <laughs> yeah. yeah. he's dead but we did warm him <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so we, we decided to um, have the uh, naming on the um, on the ancient pagan festival of Imboln, Um which is the festival of lactating sheep and the no need to tell us <laughs> yeah. and the, I- the idea about that being a ceremony is that the, the sheep Starting to that take is the beginning of spring, it's a sign of the beginning of spring, so it's a cause for celebration. Um, so well, it was also handy because it fell on Saturday, you know, which was a very practical consideration. <laughs> but um, well done, pagans. <laughs> but then, you know, it gave us something to hang it on, it gave us the opportunity to invite the Morris dancers down, um, Wild Hunt Morris, uh, Croydon's local Morris side, uh, Bedlam Morris dancers, uh, highly recommended, good fun mad so it <laughs> fitted in well with us um so and that you know we had tim wells the poet come down and that just sort of it seemed to inspire people we absolutely got smacked that we had best it was around 100 people there you know i've i've organized demonstrations that haven't had 100 people <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, you know few people coming down for half hour and name a lake and sort of like stand around like idiots by a lake. You get 100 <laughs> people down. So it's obviously touched the nerve. There's something, to, something worth doing. A less practical
1: project, but maybe my favourite on balance, was um, the discovery that South Norwood had three lakes as opposed to the one lake that Lake District has. You know, a lot of waters and other bodies of water, but only one actual lake in Lake District so the South North Tourist Board wrote to the Lake District. And, you know, it's a polite version of a cease and desist and it stop calling yourself that when we've got more lakes. Yeah, there was a similar letter to some place in Scotland requesting the Arthur Conan Doyle statue and go back where it belongs. <laughs> See, polite letters, this is what I like. They, they sent a polite letter to the people in the Lake District and got a reply that described... Uh, the lakes of South Norwood as uh, three ponds, and said that you know pointed out made a jibe that Wordsworth had never written poems about them. Just terrible people, innit? No idea about what jokes are. Maybe that was their joke, but that's no joke, is it? Em's fighting words. <laughs> Get your snorkels. We're going to the Lake District. Hmm. We make our own blue plaques for the show, and then put them up to highlight things that we'd like to celebrate in South London. And the South Norwood Tourist Board have a similar scheme going on. Well, that seems very geographically focused. Norwood Junction train station has four blue plaques already. One for the existence of the atmospheric railway that we spoke about on our railways episode. One for the Jolly Sailor pub which uh, gave the name to the station. Two, for the subway we mentioned earlier, which is the world's first reinforced Why subway. four I, I think it's one at each end. <laughs> right. Yeah, which is great, isn't it? Yeah. So their argument is that Norwood Junction has the greatest number of blue plaques in one place. But just to be on the safe side, they're going to make a blue plaque to celebrate the fact that it has the most blue plaques, bringing a yeah. number up to five, and therefore an unassailable lead we are also organising a few celebrations of their local heroes.
0: Yeah, they they, uh, like
1: to plan in advance, don't they? Well, Bunny Fest was due to happen this year, but could potentially happen in the future. That's going to be an Easter-based celebration of the life and work of Bunny Austin. Right. Which I imagine will be a combination of people dressed as rabbits and also just people wearing shorts. That's all you need to celebrate Bunny Austin. You don't even need to be that good at tennis. Just be prepared to dress in a specific way for it. But for 2016... On the calendar already, they've got Pickles Fest. What would that involve? Would that involve a load of dogs? <laughs> One. Or minimum. World Cups. Well, the thing is, they've had what they're calling a statue of Pickles made. Paper mache. Pa- really yeah, paper mache. Uh, effigy. <laughs> double. Don't, don't call it that. They'll get it's ideas. Double World
0: Cup celebration. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it will be the 50th anniversary of England's World Cup win and... Obviously, Pickles finding the trophy. So they want to have um, a series of events. I think there's talk of a, a stage play reenacting um, the, the disappearance and reappearance. Maybe of the a cup. screening of uh,
0: The spy with a Cold Nose.
1: Possibly, that'd be great. Maybe a screening of that clip from Blue Peter, where the <laughs> rather callous presenter just uh, jived mm. about Pickles' demise. But what they want most of all, and I think what we want most of all, is for the World Cup to visit South Norwood yeah I mean I've seen the World Cup me too there's um, pictures a bit over the place yeah,
0: no on Oxford Street Regent right. Street even it was in a case and it was properly locked, locked. this
1: time <laughs> no stamps
0: yeah get it over yeah exactly
1: would be nice wouldn't it yeah on well, its way to where is it now Brazil yeah no, well, no, Germany, uh, sorry. <laughs> <Not Brazil>. <laughs> <laughs> Germany
0: to... on its way to Russia. It is to get to Russia, doesn't it? So it's almost... Oh no, it's 2016, isn't it? So, oh yeah, so it'd be in the middle of the World Cups. Yeah, yeah. On it.
1: If you're listening, Sepp Blatter, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not, so it doesn't matter. I love the work of the South North Torres Board. I think it's exactly what hyperlocal activism should be, where there's concrete... Work going on and improving taking concrete work, <laughs> but there's also a real sense of fun about it. It's not necessarily all about you know po faced idealism, it's about practicality. But also, if you can't change something, have a laugh about it. It's good, that's the solution, <laughs> isn't it, for these troubled times? <laughs> Gaza, if you can't change something,
0: uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to any, any, give it, Steve, any feedback on that comment. <laughs> at slhc on twitter on instagram also facebook.com slash Hardcore. you can email us Hardcore at gmail.com don't forget to sign up for your amazon instant video trial i believe you can even watch the spy with a cold nose on amazon instant video and only if you sign up using the South London Hardcore link and this only applies to our uk listeners so sorry chicago chris <laughs>